This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tactical Friday. We spoke to him this past Monday, and I am blessed to be welcoming Chris Nealon back to the show. Chris, welcome back, my friend. It's great to be back. And I'm excited about this. I think we had a great conversation talking about cult collective and cult brands and really how marketing can go so much further than most people really think it does and should go conceptually these days. But you mentioned one piece on Monday's show talking about customer EQ, that emotional intelligence piece. And there's an aspect of the current world of marketing that you believe people don't know enough about their customers to really be able to market to them appropriately. I really want to get tactical about that piece. What are the action steps? What can we do? How can we improve our customer EQ? Give us the insights on that piece of it. Yeah. So we talked before about how marketers have almost become more specialized in the channels that they're working with than the audiences that they're actually communicating with. And when we go into a business that's trying to say, are we cult capable? Are we cult worthy? Not like worthy working with my firm cult, but worthy of having a cult-like following and a cult-like fan base. It always has to start with, well, what do you actually know about your consumer? And they will pull out nine times out of 10 underwhelming customer segmentation research that is overly biased towards demographics. And those demographics are necessary in their world because they're used to buy media. And media is sold through the lens of 18 to 24, male, female, 100,000 income, live within the zip code, those types of things. And that's, again, the tail wagging the dog. The goal of having a business is not so you can buy more targeted media, right? Occasionally, you may have to buy more targeted media to help grow the business. But the goal of having a business is to create an irresistibleness with a particular consumer. And it requires you to get to know them in a much more intimate way than what demographics or customer satisfaction surveys or net promoter score data is going to tell you. And our particular product that does that level of consumer intelligence is called customer EQ. We call it customer EQ because what most businesses know are the rational things. They know how often somebody buys groceries. They know how often, how much people a household of four might spend in their space. But somewhere between 80 and 90% of all buying decisions are actually emotional and then rationalized after the fact. And the best way to see that manifest is to watch a husband explain why he bought a Porsche to his wife, right? And he's gonna try to talk about fuel economy or warranty or resale value. And the reality was he just wanted a Porsche because it's gonna make him feel younger, sexier, whatever it might be. But we're embarrassed to admit that kind of stuff in a survey. So. Customer EQ is administered much more like like a high school aptitude test, Zach. You might remember taking one of those in school. The questions were not, do you want to be an astronaut? Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a lawyer? Like it wasn't literal. It was try to triangulate based on your attitudes, feelings, and beliefs 
about are you an analytical person? Do you love animals? Do you like working with your hands? Do you enjoy being outdoors? Do you follow the rules? And depending on how you answer that personality test, if you will, they're able to say, you might love being a veterinarian. You might, you might enjoy being a professor. The same thing. You got to find your customers and ask them different types of questions that allow them to reveal themselves. And it's not just for your company, it's for your category. You need to know how they feel about jeans or apparel in general before you ask them about, well, what do you think about Levi's? And so there's a real science to it. And I think most people kind of roll their eyes a bit with research because it hasn't changed their life the way as much as it should. And I'd argue it's because they have bad research. They're doing like the bare minimum as opposed to making, I call it paying the tuition. Pay the tuition necessary to get smart enough about the only person in your business that makes you money. And that's a customer. Everything else you're spending money on costs you money. But you can almost never invest too much in getting to know your customer better because they pay you back. Yeah, I think that's really a phenomenal point to make there and highlight. You know, a lot of people when they start breaking down and a lot of marketing companies do this that I've noticed. And this is where I love that you're differentiating yourself away from this. A lot of people think like what age range, what salary range, what kind of car do they drive? And they stay very surface level, what area geographic, right? So they're thinking, oh, a 35 to 45 year old female that does this and this in the corporate world. And they never really delve into the psychology behind it. Is that where you're going in that market research, really delving into the psychology, the who, what, when, where, why of aspects of their life, not just their life in general? Yeah. The demographics only become important if at some point you're going to have to say, and then how would we pay by some media to do that? But when you think about Apple, I mean, Apple has fans that are 14 years old and that are 64 years old. Apple has fans of all different. There's probably only one indicator. It would be income. It's why Android, I think, is such a good competitor is because they, they fill a void. But even the lower income, I'd argue, aspire to own an Apple. They just can't afford an Apple. And so they, they settle for something that might be you know, nearly as good, but it doesn't have some of the brand cachet that, that an Apple does. And so, yeah, it is all about how people, what people feel, how they believe, and how obvious have you made it that your values as a brand are going to align with the things that they think are important beyond functional benefits of the product. Now, that to be said, Zach, it's really important. You can't suck. Right. I mean, it's very difficult to have a cult brand that actually delivers a lousy product. So there is a there is a certain cost of entry of remarkability where we're just what we're doing is really good. That gets us from being deselected. That helps us avoid being deselected. But then what we want to do is be always selected or most of the time selected. And that's where these other elements of customer insight come into play. And it's an interesting point where we're talking about like that that entry point for marketing. You know, going that extra step, we talked about my client that has the insurance piece with State Farm, going that extra step beyond just what that standard like State Farm umbrella may look like. Are you marketing? Are you recommending like tactics attached to, hey, we offer these things that are above the competitor? We do. It seems like so many people want to focus on, oh, we provide better customer service than the other person. That's such like a BS answer to me. Everybody says we want better, where we would provide better and ultimate customer experience. Where do you start on, I want to market this piece of the business beyond the product, beyond the experience? Where do you kind of start with that first step into that marketing realm to shift what you're showing your client 
and your customer. So an example that comes to mind is we were asked by a large telecommunications cell phone service provider, how do we grow our share and how do we begin to think about enjoying the problem at the time was a lot of people were being bribed away with these zeros cost to switch, first month free, $100 rebate. Like there, there was just a lot of cash that was going into encouraging promiscuous behavior. Cheat on your current provider by coming over to us. And yet the data from the customer EQ would suggest customers don't really care. Again, you can't be always dropping calls. So it's not like you can't say customers don't care about coverage. But once you have a certain amount of acceptable coverage, then they don't want to think about it anymore. That's why airlines don't talk about we don't crash. Customers don't expect the airline to crash, right? So once you've all gotten to a certain level of safety, then it starts getting into in-flight entertainment or boarding processes or price or things like that. So we told this telecommunications company that you have the ability to own customer service in a way that your competitors can't or won't deliver it. But you can't just say, we're going to be the number one customer service brand. Your strategy needs to be, take all this money that you were going to spend on an ad campaign and build a call center and then run a very boring ad that says, if you ever call us for help and the phone rings twice, your next month is free. Like we are going to pick up on the first dial and you're going to talk to a human being and you're not going to have an IVR system that says for this, press one and for this, press two. Like we're going to be here to be the high touch concierge-like service because it's going to take that sort of a proof point to demonstrate to people. Again, go back to Pizza Hut. It's 30 minutes or it's free kind of an idea. And that's how they became the delivery king was putting where their money where their mouth was. And the CEO said, I wish we had the courage to do that but we don't. And they went and hired a top creative shop and they came out with a super funny commercial and they did nothing for the health of their business because they do, they were trying. I like to say, don't tell me you're funny. Just tell me a joke. And there's too many people that want to tell people they're funny, but they're not that funny. And if you really are funny, you never say how funny you are. You just be funny. And that's where I think businesses get it wrong. Yeah, I agree 100% on that one, man. And it's interesting to me because you can think about that in every aspect of your life. You know, I'm great at this. Well, you shouldn't have to tell me you're great at this particular thing. It should already be known, right? You should already show that. Do it with actions, lead by example, however you want to frame it. It's not about tell me that you're the best. Tell me that you're the best option. Tell me that you have the best service, the lowest price. Whatever that aspect of where you really, truly believe you are the best, show it, prove it. Right. And I think that is what carries a, a cult brand, like what you're talking about. I, I love yeah. that concept. It, it's high school all that. over again. Yeah. The cool kids were never the ones who told you how cool they were. 100%. They were just cool. Right. And it was the, the things that they did that were cool, I'm not trying to tell you. Yeah. I absolutely love it, Chris. What's the best way? Let's give the audience another opportunity. If they want to show how cool they are and really put this marketing content out there, what's the best place for them to find you, connect with you, get more information, find the podcast, the book, the content, give us all the links again. So things like customer EQ is a product that we sell. You can use ours or competitors of ours. The point is don't settle for lackluster customer research and insights. It should be the foundation, it should be a huge competitive advantage. 
what you know about your customers and what you've learned about your customers should be a way that you're winning that your competition can't mimic. And so that product for us is Customer EQ. It's found at cultideas.com and as well as all these other cult brand principles and lots of examples of brands who are doing it well can be found there. I love it, Chris. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for bringing the Cult Collective, these cult ideas and branding to us. Overall, thank you for your time and all the wisdom you've brought to us, my friend. You're very welcome, Zach. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.